Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 172 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Wow, Jacob, I haven't seen you in some time and a lot's just going on it does feel like it's been a millennia that's for sure (laughs) can you can you believe it the big thing though besides adele coming out with a new album which is everywhere (laughs) i also saw this amazing video it was like (laughs) like a a chinese immigrant Uh who was like i thought i understood english until i heard adele speak and it was just adele being like oh i did and i was all oh my god it was it was like that uh, <laughs> that Oprah Winfrey special she did. She was a little bit like what what's always dead? It was like wow, that's her voice. Huh? I love how she talks, but I thought that was really funny. But the person who has just been trending on Twitter and all over the place is our friend Jake Gyllenhaal, my man, who we love. We do. I mean, I really I love. Me. I know I know you like Gyllenhaal. I that's love for sure. me some Jake Gyllenhaal, but. <laughs> Um, so if you're wondering why, so Taylor Swift has been remaking all of her albums because the rights to the albums got sold, so she doesn't own them, and she was like, forget that, I'm going to remake them all so that they're mine, which I don't care how you feel about Taylor Swift, that's a dope baller move. That is a pimp move, dude. She's right? Co- she's costing the, that ex-company hers like $200 million oh, or something. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really, it's, a, it's an absolutely gorgeous thing. So she just remade her one album, Red, which is largely assumed to be about her three-month relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal back in 2010. Talk, talk about coming in like a flame or a, a hurricane, man. Yeah. That dude, three months in and out, got a hit album out of it. <laughs> yeah, seriously, she's good like that. And then her one song, All Too Well, she remade with this 10-minute short film, and oh. she has these scathing new lyrics like, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age, which is such a burn because he is currently dating someone much, much younger than himself. Um, And then she's got the one that everybody talks about, which is, and I left my scarf there at your sister's house, and you've still got it in your drawer even now. So all these Swifties are constantly tweeting him and this and that about, where's the scarf, Jake? Even Diane Warwick (laughs) recently tweeted, that boy needs to give Taylor her scarf I would like to think that he, there's some kind of like horrible story behind it. Like, oh, I burned that scarf long ago, Taylor. <laughs> he was like, don't, don't you worry. I think it's much sadder where he's like, I didn't even notice that it was yours. It's just yeah. oh, it's it, in a it's closet a, somewhere. Oh, it, what's it doing in my drawer? I love when it comes up when Maggie Gyllenhaal's like, I get asked this on the street all the time. Like, she was a very nice girl, but I don't know about the scarf that she left at my house. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, you, you know I'm in movies, right? In TV shows. <laughs> it's just really funny. I was funny. in Batman. So it seemed a perfect opportunity since we had been talking for a while anyway about doing a Jake Gyllenhaal episode, and it, this seems like the time. Yeah, it seems like. If he's going to be popping up again for old stuff, it's best that we bring up his old stuff. I do stuff. wonder how he takes all this. Like, if he's like, because you know his friends must text him and make fun of him all the time. Oh, I'm sure. DiCaprio <laughs> is just lighting up his phone, just like, what is this, bro? What did I tell you? I uh, tried to warn you, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, what could Leo <laughs> warn? He dates, like, babies. Yeah, I know. He's no, like, out of the womb? Good for me. <laughs> the difference is Leo, like, owns it and doesn't care. He's like, ah, eh, yeah, it's the same old joke. He's telling all, though. So cute. So 
I think at age 11, he made his movie debut in the comedy drama City Slickers. Remember I good old s- City I Slickers? Saw th- I saw that, and I did not remember that oh, he was yeah, in that movie. Oh, yeah, he played Billy Crystal's son, um, adorable, even then. And then he made an impact in various films in the late 90s and the early 2000s. There was that October Sky movie. I remember that one. I thought it was going to be an exciting uh, action thing from the trailer. It was absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then his breakthrough performance as the title role in the psychological thriller Donnie Darko in 2001, which we're going to talk about. Kids ask your dad about, or you ask your parents about how that was their favorite movie in high school because boy, oh boy, was that movie a thing. That movie was a a thing. I loved it. He received an Independent Spirit Award nomination for Best Actor. So he was young. So that was great. Great. And then I think it was really his follow-up performance that won critical acclaim in Brokeback Mountain in 2005. I like how you go with that as his follow-up performance because you know what the movie he did immediately after Donnie Darko was? What? Bubble Boy. Exactly. Yeah, so... I'm not going to talk about it, Bubble Boy. I'm it, sure you are going to talk about Bubble Boy. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, only to say, everybody out there, trust me, it, it gets better. Don't worry about Okay. It. You could start at Bubble Boy and you could be where Jake Gyllenhaal I mean, is I have to mention Brokeback Mountain because he did get nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And we're going to talk about that, too. We will start, though, because he has a movie out right now. Although, did you look at his IMDb? There was like 13 movies in like post-production and pre-production. Like He is, I, he is <clears throat> always working. Yeah, I saw that he's uh, starring in The Division, which actually got me excited because I play that game every once in a while when it comes out. Oh, and okay. it's actually going to be kind of a cool premise. I could see him being good in a movie for that. Okay, I mean... Would a virus take? Would a virus takes out uh, the ha- the country because it had? You know. I used to love those kind of books and movies. Now yeah, they're, I, a little, they're a little sour. <laughs> I feel like when they started production production on that movie in 2019, it was They'd, a much better premise. Than yeah, right it's like now. when I bought that board game Pandemic oh. and had so much fun playing it, and now I'm like, well, I'll never be playing that game again. Yeah, let's just burn <laughs> that with fire. Um, but his most recent film, it went, uh, I think, right to Netflix, and it's called The Guilty. Yes. So if you haven't seen it, this is about a troubled police detective. He's been demoted to a 911 like operator duty um, because of something that he did. And now he's kind of scrambling to save this woman who calls to say that she has been kidnapped during this kind of this one day of revelations and reckonings. Um, I like films that take place over a single day, so I appeal to that. Mm-hmm. I also like movies that take place in a single location if done well. I mean, nothing's going to beat Tom Hardy in the film Lock, but I thought this was pretty good. So this is a single morning in a 911 dispatch call center. And then the film really picks up when Joe, who's Jake Gyllenhaal, gets a call from this terrified woman, Emily, um, played by Riley Keogh, if you don't know her. Oh, is that who did the voice? Yeah, and she does a really, really great performance. It's an um, excellent voice performance. That's Elvis's granddaughter, right? Is that who she is? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. Well, well either way. Like oh. that, I'm not sure. But uh, this this woman is in trouble. She can't say exactly why. So he leads her through a series of like yes and no questions. And he figures that she's in a really bad situation. And then he soon gets incredibly invested in this nightmare. And even more so when he speaks to Emily's six-year-old daughter. She's home alone and terrified. And he vows that he's going to save her and her daughter, even though he really has no clear understanding of what's going on. No. So that's the premise of the film. It is the remake of a Danish film, which I know people really oh, love. I didn't know it was a Danish movie. And I think it's hard for people. I mean, and I'm one of them. I did not see the Danish film. But if I did, I bet I would have liked this less. Because Pro- a lot probably, of times yeah. you see the English remake and you're like, why? 
this was a great film. Yeah, there's a lot of those where it's like, especially if they're close to shot for shot remakes, it's like, why are we making this? It's I can read, man, or I can listen to dubs in worst case scenario. And I think it really was um, a close to shot to shot. So let's talk about it. I'm going to say that it's, it's very well acted. Yeah, I mean, it's a Jake Gyllenhaal, basically one-man show. Yeah. He's really good in this movie. Like, he's really good. It feels tense. Yes, it does. It does it definitely some surprises in the story. Like Some surprises, although I called it about halfway yeah. through, you do start to understand what might be going on. And I'd say that it loses a bit of the thread at the end. And as Jacob likes to say, at the end, he's chewing the scenery a bit. Yeah. He's it's a little over the top. He's a little frothy at the end there. but. <laughs> The, it's a little frothy. Yeah, the movie just kind of does trail off at the end, but it's still engrossing, and it's not like it's a long movie, which I did. Yeah. I did enjoy. You're in and out of there pretty quick. You don't got a thing. And like you said, the tension does ramp up. Like, it's not, it doesn't stay static. And you're, you, Yeah, definitely. You can guess kind of what's going on, but the actual details, they'll, they'll kind of throw you for a loop a little bit. And it's, they don't make him super likable. So I'm okay with that. Oh, no, no. They definitely <laughs> do not make him likable. That's They don't explain every single thing that's going on or that they're doing, which I also appreciate. They let you just kind of along for the ride. I think we were talking about a couple weeks ago with that old, uh, like when people over-explain stuff like, hey, Jake Gyllenhaal, how are you doing here exactly. at our job at the Los Angeles Police Department Police Dispatcher? Since yeah. you got in trouble for the thing that you did, so yeah. now you are here. Can, yeah, they're not you, doing that. Can you believe it's been one year <laughs> since <laughs> that incident? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say this film does just enough to keep you engaged, but nothing more. Yeah. I it, think that's fair. Yeah, it's it's worth checking out. I mean, it's a Netflix movie. It's it's glossy. It looks Yeah, good. if you've got Netflix in your home, you might as well watch it because it's there. I will say it's, what's... It's either that or Red Notice, so take your pick there. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, this was shot in just 11 days during October of 2020 because of COVID. Oh. Well, so that's pretty amazing. It, yeah, especially in that case then. They definitely... You could tell that there was something going on because of the lack of people in, this sh- in the movie itself, but... It actually just fits the story because why would there be more? Than it did fit the story. It wasn't something where I was like, this seems weird. It absolutely makes sense. <laughs> oh, so, man. That was a pre- I'm remembering that movie, too, because I think I watched it before you. Yeah, I, I just recently watched it. But again, and he always just looks good. Well, I mean, Sorry, he yeah, is just get, beautiful That gets creature. you in the door, man. <laughs> it does. So let's get into some of our favorite All Jake right. Gyllenhaal films. So the first one I have to start with is probably still my favorite um, it's just, you know, it's my age. I can't help it. But it's Donnie Darko. Of course. That makes sense. Awesome film. So during the presidential election of 1988, a teenager named Donnie Darko sleepwalks out of his house one night and sees this giant demonic looking rabbit named mm-hmm. Frank. Yes, indeed. Who tells him that the world will end in 28 days. Okay. When Donnie returns home, he finds that a jet engine has crashed into his bedroom. He then begins to explore what it means to be alive and in love and uncover secrets of the universe that give him a tempting power to possibly alter time and destiny. So is Donnie living in a parallel universe or is he suffering from mental illness? I mean, is the world really going to end? That is kind of the premise of the film. Or do we have like a Jacob's Ladder scenario going on? That might be going on. This is a complicated movie. I'm still. I'm sure there's still like tons of people that still don't get what is going <laughs> it's on. Definitely a very complicated I re- movie. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I remember after watching it, I had like that Krusty the Clown meme for the moment. I watch it and just was like, "What the hell was that?" Like immediately <laughs> afterwards, like I don't know what was going on in that movie. It's a little ambiguous, but. It's definitely well, a good, it's a cult movie. 
at the sure. at the rap party for the film because I don't know if you remember, but Seth Rogen is in this film. I did not remember. It Seth is Seth Rogen's first feature film, and oh. the first words out of his mouth in a feature film are "I like your boobs." Okay, that that <laughs> tracks. Really yeah. tracked for his whole career, but at the rap party, Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal both agreed that they had no idea what the movie was about. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so. I mean, I understand what would make Seth Rogen a little confused at times, but I mean. <laughs> it's just like any movie that involves any possible time travel or time not being linear are films that I love, but are definitely going to be confusing. We will. I don't know if we've done a time travel episode, but we will have to because, man, we could talk, oh, for, we could talk I, for 45 minutes about time stuff. For. And, Ever, but I get really in the weeds about it, but I can't stay away from it. I, ra- I like love it. I randomly went on Twitter the like a week or two ago and was like discussing the theory of time travel and quantum physics and how it could really happen. Oh man, it's like oh yeah, just random thoughts at 11 30 at night. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally normal. totally normal. But it's a really good piece of psychologically like thrilling cinema. And um, Jake Gyllenhaal, this film rightfully made him a star. He does oh, a great absolutely. job through like sustained mood and this really otherworldly intrigue, um, but it has a, a real human side to it. So I think that that's why it has cult status now. You know, one of the things I like about Jillian Hall is that even though his dad is like, you know, in Hollywood and he's like a second generation kid. Yeah. People would think that, you know, a lot of time those actors were going to see this going forward with everybody in Hollywood now. But actors, they kind of just get their things and they don't necessarily earn it. But I think Hall is one of those ones that he's, you don't even think about the fact that he was kind of like no. a legacy guy. Him and his sister, they're both really good actors. Yeah. So the, the the legacy thing is that he got to be in films when he was young. Right. So, and I think that's just it. And then with all that practice and, you know, yeah, really he, hone this sort of craft. It's crazy about this film because at one point it was going to be released directly to home market. They weren't going to put it in Christopher Nolan was one of the influential factors in securing the cinema release because, of course, Christopher Nolan liked the movie. That makes perfect sense. He he walks in the room and just a whoom. He's like, you need to release release (laughs) that movie in theaters. And then he leaves with another (laughs) Danny Elfman score. They're like, oh, cool. (laughs) Also, this movie just had some bad luck from the beginning. So the original advertising material Uh featured a crashing plane Uh because that happens. Um, And it opened super, super close to September 11th, 2001. Mm. So they had to pull all of the advertising material resulting in the film really tanking at the box office because there was no advertising for it. So it didn't gain an audience until it was released on DVD and then it became really a, a runaway hit and a cult classic. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? That is kind of funny, especially considering Hall with another quick connection. He was in the Spider-Man Far From Home as Mysterio, another fun movie. And uh, that's a Spider-Man movies. The original one of those had to get altered because the entire final sequence involved the World Trade Center, and it came out after 9-11. So like, well, wow, we have so to was... completely retool the end of this movie. Very interesting. Yeah, so well, it's a little overlap there. Also, Patrick Swayze wore all of his own clothes from the 80s for this film. That's my favorite movie fact. Fantastic. Swayze, dude. Swayze. So, yeah, if you haven't somehow seen Donnie Darko, it is going to be weird. You have to search out the director's cut. It's longer, but it's definitely a better film. And check out Donnie Darko. Jacob. All right, you want to talk about weird stuff on Netflix? I got one for you. I do. I got one from 2019's Velvet Buzzsaw. Did you see this movie? No, because I saw the trailer and I was like, this isn't for me. Oh, oh, it's a weird one. So it's directed by Dan Gilroy. 
here we go with the description of this movie. <laughs> oh, no. So Jake Gyllenhaal plays Morph Vanderwalt. That's who, a terrible name. Who is the top art critic in Miami. Basically, he's one of these guys that everything he says goes. And whatever, if he likes your piece, you're good. If not, you're in trouble. Okay. So at an art exhibit, he sees uh, this work by this artist who killed himself or went disappearing. And his art has this kind of otherworldly quality to it, and everybody loves it. It becomes his favorite piece. Like Ghostbusters 2? A little bit, yeah. There's a little <laughs> bit of Janos going on there. <laughs> um, but basically, to put a long story short, stuff starts getting really crazy and wicked when like supernatural stuff comes in. He starts digging into this guy's past. Is this, is this a good movie, Jacob, or is this a Jacob movie? This is a good-ish fun movie. I'll tell you that. All right, I like the ish. The and ish it, helps. And it's got a heck of a cast, too. It's Jake Gyllenhaal, Renee Russo in another movie with him, Tony Collette's running around in there, Tom Sturridge, Malkovich is in this movie. Wow. Malkoviching around. Um, so it's got a good okay. cast, and it's a pretty big budget, um, well, you know, considering. Um, but it's a Netflix movie. It's available now. It looks great. Gyllenhaal, as he's wont to do on these Netflix movies, completely goes for a wacky, out-there performance in this one. Yeah, kind of, he'll, he's one of those guys that's always willing to try something different. Yeah, kind of like Okja, that other Netflix movie that he did where he's just nuts Yeah, Okja movie. was weird. I liked Okja, but it wasn't one I was going to mention to the masses. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's I mean, not a, for everyone. The guy won Best Director not too long after that. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's a thing. But, yeah, yeah. Velvet Bus- Buzzsaw, if you're looking for a weird movie that you have not heard of, go check this one out, guys. It's worth your time. Okay. So we're going to go into what we said probably his most popular film of all time, which is Brokeback Mountain. Um, if you somehow missed it, which seems impossible, this takes place in 1963, and we have Rodeo Cowboy, Jack Twist, that is Jake Gyllenhaal, Great and then Ranch Hand, Enos Del Mar, better name, played by Heath Ledger, are hired um, by a rancher, who's played by Randy Quaid, as sheep herders in Wyoming. And then one night on Brokeback Mountain, Jake makes a drunken pass at Enos, what, that is eventually reciprocated and though Enos marries his longtime sweetheart Alma played by Michelle Williams mm-hmm. and uh, Jack marries fellow rodeo rider Anne Hathaway the two men keep up their tortured and sporadic affair over the course of 20 years because they love each other so much awesome. and this is like a really beautiful and epic western it's a fantastic movie too like what it a looks love beautiful. story it's it's a great movie it got robbed of the best picture of that year to crash of all things i mean most. there was literally an audible gasp at the academy awards when jack nicholson read out crash over i Back don't Mountain. i still think about that and i'm like you gotta be kidding me that movie I mean, that movie was terrible when i saw it crash and i'm like and that's now your best picture winner over yeah one of the most important movies of and the time. reason people really love this is it just has like this heartbreaking universality to you know the love story and the incredible performances by both men um, but it really lingers in the mind afterwards. Oh, absolutely. And you just, especially looking at it from a lens now, because, you, you know, it was an older movie. It came out like 20-something years ago, but it's funny to think about how times have changed considering these guys, like you said, they were living in the 60s compared to now where they could probably, you know, be happy. I mean, cowboys. it might still be difficult, but not at the level. Right. They're definitely not going to have They could maybe the be like single bachelor roommates and people would be like, 
okay. Yeah, they wouldn't have to like get married and live this whole fake life, but they could still probably be together, which is again, it's a step, but it's still not like yeah, it's not great. But yet. you know, living like Bert and Ernie is a lot better than what ends up happening. You know, having I mean, fake it was I can't imagine such. poor gay people in the decades past. But again, this is a beautiful uh, love story and excellent performances. I mean, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a little overshadowed by Heath Ledger. That's who everybody ended yeah. up really talking about more, even though that's fair. A lot of mumbling. He did a lot of mumbling. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was before. not crazy about I that, but watching, I thought I was watching a Jeff Bridges movie. Before Jake Gyllenhaal at the end of that movie, excellent. You feel you oh. feel severe pain for him. Oh, and Heath Ledger too. Just heartbreaking with the end, way this movie ends up, man. Yeah. Just great all around. So yeah, check out Brokeback Mountain. All right, you want another great movie that he did? Yeah, I do. Let's go with 2007's Zodiac, the David Fincher classic. <sighs> I love Zodiac. Oh man, it's so good. Probably I recently rewatched it. Yeah, I have too. Actually, it's good just to put on the background. And I think it's on out. Netflix too. Uh, it it's is. Jake Gyllenhaal's own and own. Net- he must have some stock in Netflix. I know, right? They're like, well, <laughs> we, we, we want to get into the Gyllenhaal business. <laughs> yeah. We don't want your sis because she's at HBO. So uh. let's go over here. All right. So he basically he plays Robert Graysmith. A police or um, was he a cartoonist for the newspaper um, yes. who gets deeply involved in the Zodiac killer case when he is able to solve a couple of the ciphers. And uh, this is basically a movie that is about the hunt for the Zodiac killer and the way that it influences and affects like a bunch of different people. Robert Downey Jr.'s in this movie. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's in here. I will say, everyone, like, prepare yourself. It's a slow burn. Oh, it's a Fincher movie f- through and through. And yes. it's a long Fincher but movie. But it's too. dark and mysterious and lovely in that Fincher sort of way. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. It's moody. It's atmospheric. Gyllenhaal is putting in a great performance as a guy who gets obsessed with obsessed, the Zodiac yeah. and, like, finding out who he is and won't let it go, even when it starts to affect his life. This movie is just fantastic all around. Gyllenhaal's good in this. Everybody's good in this. It's hard to stand out in a a, a Fincher movie, but be one with a cast that's this level. Yeah, it's a it's a stacked cast for sure. Um, but if you if look, you like that true crime, which does anyone not like true crime? It's all you hear about these days. It's dude. all you hear about, and I feel like a, so a, a, basic a, a, because I love it. I listen to all those podcasts. Can't help it. You're like get put, you just come in, kick off your shoes, throw on the ID channel, and you're like, I'm good for the I just, night. I just like it. Um, you know, you even compare it to now because there's that um story about how they the quote unquote real Zodiac was unveiled again, and it's a different person that was in this movie. So you get to go ahead and pick who you believe more. Personally, I'm going with Fincherman. I don't believe randos that show up and say they were the Zodiac anymore. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to be the Zodiac, which is a weird thing to want, (laughs) but okay. Don't know if you should really want that, but sure. Yeah, set aside some hours and watch Zodiac. Yeah. Because I don't remember if it's long or if it just feels long. I think it's like 2.30, 2.40. It's definitely up there. Put on some tea. It's going to be a minute. Okay, now maybe, maybe I'm wrong about Donnie Darko. Maybe this is my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performance, even Ooh. though he looks so terrible in it. But Nightcrawler. You know what? That is my favorite I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal hard to top. This is a thriller set in the nocturnal underbelly of Los Angeles. Jake Gyllenhaal stars as Lou Bloom. He's this very driven young man who is desperate for work, and he discovers kind of this really high-speed, wild world of L.A. crime journalism. So finding a group of freelance camera crews and they film crashes and fires and murder and other mayhem, he kind of muscles into this cutthroat, dangerous realm of night crawling um, where, you know, 
each police siren, they're like, oh, that equals the possible windfall. Make, make some money on that one. Yeah. Victims are literally just converted into dollar and cents because the news wants this footage because we're a really weird society that likes to see doom and gloom. So aided by Renee Russo as Nina, she is the veteran of this kind of blood sport that is local TV news, which Los it's Angeles like you knew, but TV you news. didn't really know until you watched this. And then Lou, though, starts to blur the line between observer and participant and yeah. kind of becomes the star of his own story. Yeah, blur the line is a very... Uh Nice way to put that. Yeah, sure. wow. This is an unnerving and haunting film. I mean, but it is so good. Gyllenhaal is fantastic in this movie. Rene Russo's really good. Riz Ahmed is in there, is in there yeah, too. We don't, we don't even right. mention him. He's got like a, a role as like his partner and stuff. Oh, that poor little guy. Yeah, no, that dude gets, that guy gets punished in this movie. It's such a manic performance he's given in this it one, too. It is so like, manic. So Gyllenhaal lost 20 pounds to play this role, which was his own idea, because he really visualized Lou as a hungry coyote, which they almost ended up mm. changing the name of the film to, because this coyote aspect, like, it worked hung, so well for Hungry coyote? Yeah, like, just he's out, and he's, like, hunting, and he's thin, and he's lanky, and he's wild. And he worked out for eight hours a day That's and then ran much. or cycled to the set when they were filming well it worked he did he definitely lost the weight there i mean he looked so bad and he kind of got super into it like during the one scene where he's screaming at himself in the mirror mm -hmm. he got so into the scene which was improvised that he broke the mirror and he cut his hand and then he was driven to the hospital by the director um, after a 19-hour day of working and had to get 46 stitches and a four-hour-long operation on his hand. Jesus. I mean, there's got to be a producer on set that could do this. This seems like a grip idea. I don't know why the director had to do that. Oh, I know. Probably because he was like, oh, my God, I injured Jake Gyllenhaal. But then they returned to the set six hours after he was discharged. And there's actually a scene where he's, like, telling this scrapyard um, owner his motto, this and that. But he has his hand behind his back because it's all, like, stitched up. Oh. It's dedication. We love those things. That's, I love those sort of tidbits. That's a good scene, too, man. That's yeah, so if you haven't seen Nightcrawler... It is creepy time, but that's a that's a movie. That's <laughs> acting. It's excellent. <laughs> oh man, so many good Gyllenhaal performances, dude. Like that dude, he loves playing sweaty creeps. Oh my god, you sure. just said that, and now it just makes me think that my dad called me last week to talk about how much you say dude in the episode. So now I'm gonna hear it. Oh man, now, it's <laughs> now gonna, you're it's, doomed. <laughs> it's gonna be all I'm gonna think about going forward. Now is that? Yep. I'm going to have to find a new word to like sub in for that. Oh, that's really funny because I never <laughs> noticed it until my dad said it. All right. I'm sad that we're running out of time. We have to still talk about more because there's so many good ones left. So do oh. another one. Oh, yeah. Um, how about End of Watch? Another great Joe and Hall movie. If you want to see him running around being a cop and doing intense stuff in first person perspective. That's a good one to check That's out. That's a cop movie that I really, really like because I feel like there's so many buddy cop action movies. But this one's definitely different. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got, like, a more street-level kind of realism to it. Yeah, there's definitely, like, it has a more intense, like, unguarded vibe. And, like, the the way they filmed it with, like, the cameras and the low quality and stuff, I feel like it helps it Oh, yeah, it's a bit of shaky too. cam, though, right? It is a little Cloverfield-esque, that's for sure. Sometimes that gets a bit intense. Do you know, I heard that part of the training, um, him and... What's the other actors? Uh, Michael Pena? Michael Pena, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They spent five months doing 12-hour ride-alongs with LAPD officers. And during Gyllenhaal's first ride-along, 
he witnessed a murder. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so he was like right he was right in it. Also, I'm surprised that Jacob isn't gonna mention this. That terrible haircut that he has in that movie. The haircut's not great, <laughs> but he's still hot. The F word is used three hundred and twenty six times, making this film the tenth in the all time profanity list. Yay, well go. Way to go into watch. watch. I knew you guys could do it. I'm <laughs> proud of you. The sound of music didn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, go check out Love and Other Drugs if you want to watch beautiful people having sex for two hours. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, that's not a good movie. No, 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 no. (laughs) And then um, let's go with Prisoners from 2013, an actual good movie. The Denis Villeneuve, Hugh Jackman, I'll I'll go in modern classic kind of thing. Paul Dano. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Paul Dano was in that movie. What a good movie. We've brought it up before because I don't think people talk about prisoners enough. No, it's kind of like the forgotten movie for them. But, you know, it's a film about uh, kids are going missing. Somebody is kidnapping children in this town. Uh, Hugh Jackman's child becomes one of the... uh, victims and as Jackman starts losing his mind and starts honing in on who he thinks did, um, has done it and things are not exactly what you think but you know you don't I don't want to like spoil all, yeah that's just it all. you can't talk about it a lot but it is a it's dark but you're also like I like movies that make you torn of like you have to decide what's right and what's wrong. And, and you're like, it's a struggle. This one definitely has one of those like, oh, yeah. there's some moral ambiguity going on here. And Gyllenhaal's playing a detective. You know, he's playing a cop. Go figure he plays it out. He's a cop a lot. And he does play a cop a lot. That, now that you mentioned, that's like four in this episode so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he plays a cop in this one trying to get to the bottom of this story. He's like, you know, keeping his eyes on Jackman because... Who wouldn't be a little unhinged if your kids goes missing? Yeah. Just dark in the woods. There's rain everywhere. There's snow going on. It's such a good movie, dude. I should go watch it again. I, I actually think I'm didn't yeah. going to watch it again now that we're Stop. talking about it. And also in 2000, I think it was an enemy that same year. Okay, that's the next film I'm going to talk about. Oh, is, you did bring that one up? All right. Yeah. So, oh, uh, enemy. I don't, I mean, I couldn't not bring up enemy, but I will say it's definitely not for everyone. You, you think? <sighs> Okay, this is a film you have to watch more than once. It's not a film that you can watch one time because you're going to hate it. And it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. At the beginning of Enemy, we meet Adam Bell. This is Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a history teacher. He lives in Toronto. He seems like a very sad little man. Mm -hmm. He has a girlfriend, Mary, and he's kind of just sleepwalking through his life. So we got that. Eventually, though, Adam discovers that he has a doppelganger, Mm -hmm. a man named Anthony. Hold on now. Who's also played by Gyllenhaal. And yeah, I mean, at some point, one of the main characters turns into a giant spider. What of it? Yeah, I don't <laughs> what <know>. of it? <laughs> well, you want to talk about making your brain explode? For- I will say, I've had to watch like videos on YouTube that kind of help explain it, and it's really helped me go back and be like, I just missed a hundred million things. It's one of those films you can't go in just expecting like a standard movie, no. or you're gonna be disappointed. But there are super strong performance by Jake Gyllenhaal for sure. He's excellent. He also looks hot. He looks so hot as the it's, doppelganger. I, oh my you know, god! You've mentioned sorry. it once or twice I, in this sorry, episode. I'm sorry, I can't I help mean. it. And of course, we've got the incredible direction of Denis Villeneuve again, mm-hmm. who we love him. So, Enemy it hits the mark as a really tense and uncommon thriller. Um, it's thought provoking. It will play in your mind for days afterwards. But it does have an ending that you're just going to be scratching your head after like, what? Yeah. What was that fi- that final scene? Literally the final scene happened and I just went, 
what? Yeah, it's like, huh? <laughs> what have I been watching? But then as I read about it, I'm like, oh, oh I mean, it, it, it does make sense. I, so I shouldn't have to do homework for movies, but it does make it make sense more when you read a, what the plot is. A bit. It does help. Man, it was such a good good movie, though. I, I like the idea that he basically was on the set of Prisoners, and at the end, he's like, hey, Jake, you want to go make another movie real quick? He's, he's like, like yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, let's go knock it out. There's weird giant spiders in it, and I play two people. <laughs> There's people, people's brows are furrowing when we bring up the giant spider thing in his I movie. Mean, it's like, whole, it, it, it is in there. The whole film is so weird. But hey, I mean, there's people out there, you like that kind of thing, and you like to be challenged, and you're just in the mood for that. And Yeah. I mean, Enemil. You want, you know, Enemil do that. A lot of his filmography, period, will do that. There's not. That's why I like him. Yeah. He's definitely a risk taker. I mean, he played an Iranian prince in one of his movies, so go figure. You want to talk about a risk? Oh, that was supposed to be, that was an awful bomb, right? That, that movie, prince of Persia. Oh, my God. Terrible movie, awful box office it was just not him it's so weird that he even yeah i can't he, believe i think that he, he did never it. made that mistake again yeah, oh no it took him <laughs> even get to the marvel movie it took him forever to be in there yeah he's actually good in that one so it's like yeah he's i'm not doing video game right. movies do you want to you want to throw any more out there before mm, we nothing move on? I, nothing that's coming over the top of my head source um, code was good source code yeah that's a good sci-fi movie now that you mentioned yeah i forgot about it uh, southpaw was okay so, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's one of those the, ones that's he the transformed. Movie, right? Yeah, he got like huge. He's a huge boxer. But I was, I, I was really excited for half of that trailer because I like boxing. And I was like, oh, yeah. boxing movie. All right. It and wasn't, then, yeah, it then wasn't the twist a comes great in, film. Then his wife showed up in the trailer, and I'm like, oh, man, it's I know what be, this is going to be. one of those. But I do want to just end with the film that he's not in a ton. The, the Good Girl. I like with that Jennifer movie. Jennifer Aniston. Dude. That's another one of those HBO afternoon. I randomly watched it. Great movie. This is one I was like, Jennifer Aniston, she's going to be, she's a f- great actress. She can do things. And then she never did anything mm-hmm. I felt equal to Good Girl again. But it's really just. Uh, I mean, she, she was good in Leprechaun. But I mean, when you see her in Good Girl, you know, she really <laughs> stepped her game up. Leprechaun. But Jennifer Aniston, she's 30 years old. She works at this Texas discount store. She's really dissatisfied by her routine and her really gross, lazy husband. Her life is at a pretty much a standstill. And then she notices Holden, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who's younger than her. Um, he's a few cash registers away. And they kind of forge this passionate connection um, destined to kind of shatter everything that the Jennifer Aniston character stands for, at least thinks she does. It is a dark dramedy. It has exceptional performances by Jennifer Aniston and our boy, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, up so, and down the board, man. Cause yeah. like there's, they're not the only, only good ones in this movie. Like, um, um, John C. Riley plays her husband. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Oh, he's terrible. Who, yo, what a loser. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about a bum dude, You're just a straight up bum in it. Tim Blake Nelson is also in this as her husband's best friend. Zoe Deschanel is bouncing around doing her little pixie thing in this movie. So this is like, what indie films always want to be. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There were so many good actors years ago that were just in random small roles. I know. I think now. we lose a lot of small roles. And I mean, no offense to your Marvel films, but because of those mm. huge movies, then everybody wants those. And it's like, please don't let these indie films die because you catch some really. Don't let the the good girls, the night crawlers, those films. I want those to always exist. Everybody's too dang pretty in movies now. We need to get some more ugly people. We need more Tim Blake Nelsons and John C. Riley's. Yeah, in the we need the, the regular looking humans that we can relate to. But we are sadly 
out of time. Jacob, why don't you plug us up? So many movies, so little time. <laughs> but luckily, when you come to the Buffalo New York County Public Library, we got all the time and books in the world for you. All right. We've got 37 branches all across Erie County. Stop on by and be like, I'm on a Gyllenhaal kick. And they'll be like, we got all of them right around the corner here, my friend. Mm. Uh, don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod. And let us know what Gyllenhaal movie you are watching this weekend. Maybe I'll just tweet some photos of him today because that will give me great purpose in my life. Are you going to do like the, the flexing the abs hand behind the head kind of lean I mean, maybe the look? black and white ones yeah, and you, he'll you probably be one. like 18. You know the one I'm talking about. Um, Did you know that his godmother is Jamie Lee Curtis? No, I didn't know that actually. And his godfather is Paul Newman. Oh. Man, you're cool. Yeah, he's got all the potato chips and ranch dressing in the world. I is. think Paul Newman taught him to drive. I love that story. Um, and he, Jay Gyllenhaal, is the godfather of Matilda Ledger. That is the daughter of late actor Heath Ledger and Michelle Williams. Okay. That's adorable. He is a practicing Buddhist. That's, that doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me either. He seems like a very zen dude. Um, and finally, his favorite book of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, and he has two dogs named Atticus and Boo. Uh, Whatever, uh, man. Uh, I want uh, you to dish someone's favorite book. That's a hipster move. Who, who, whose favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird? I think Jay Gyllenhaal is pretty, pretty genuine. I think it's just his favorite book. But oh, anyway, I'm not going to get in the semantics right. with Jacob here about people's favorite <laughs> things. But thank you so much for listening. Go Go check out as much Jake Gyllenhaal as you can, and we will catch you next time. Bye.